Hi everybody and welcome back to B2B Nav and this week's podcast episode is focused around the topic of storytelling um, which is linked to um, the topic and the focus of this month's knowledge edition as well. So feel free to check that out at www.b2bknowledge.com and hopefully you'll notice a revised format there and a more digital interactively led uh, approach and we can touch on that later on as we, as we get more into the detail of storytelling I guess but I guess as a topic storytelling has been around a while now mm-hmm. I felt like it it's been around for many years, obviously, but in the sense of came more to the front in B2B the last 12, 18 months, it seems to be f- coming more to the front and people's considerations of mm-hmm. creating more of an emotive connection with their, with their readers. Um, as a whole, it's one of those to- topics in terms that we're hearing banded around an awful lot. What's your, what's your take on it when you hear the word storytelling? Let's stick with B2B, in B2B mm-hmm. for the meantime. Um, I think it's more often talked about than you see it practiced mm-hmm. at the moment unfortunately um we just see yeah it's, it's one of those trendy topics mm-hmm. where you hear a lot of people talking about it but few examples of it being actually used or understood correctly yep and do you think do you think that's more the b2b b2c split that we're still seeing these mm-hmm. days because i think the, the emotional connection of tv adverts and above the line work in, in b2c is obviously a lot more prevalent of yeah, to some extent like you say we we do see a lot more of it in b2c and we've been seeing i think more and more of it over time, if you if you jump back, I'm going to take a bit of a guess here. If you say you jump back 150 years ago, I'm pretty yep. sure near enough every advert would be, we have this product, do you want it? Mm-hmm. And when I say advert in this sense, obviously we're talking about that not long ago. It can be more like a billboard or something. Yep. Um, but in, in recent years, and I gave the example when we were chatting earlier about uh, Christmas ads, at least in the UK, they're going a lot more emotive these days. They're trying to build a connection. They're trying to relate to the audience that's watching it. Mm. By just one example, showing an elderly relative at Christmas, showing them you know, somewhat alone, but then also showing them getting a gift from the family or a message from the family and a phone call from the family that really lights up their life. Yep. Yep. I think we're seeing more and more of that because people can relate to it and it helps, it helps people remember what you're talking about, who you are, and makes them want to share it and talk about it as well. Yeah, and I think that's probably quite relevant. And it's one of the one of the uh, aspects to the, the knowledge edition. Obviously, is the, the the quote of like facts tell and stories sell, mm. and it's one of those phrases that does stick with me because I think in the B two B world, it's very much focused around f- facts, or traditionally was facts and statistics and and, and product overviews and y- you name it. But it's much more technical information that's being conveyed, um, and a complete lack of emotion. Mm. You would say. Um, but then when you compare yourself to the B2C world and the likes of the John Lewis adverts, uh, UK-based reference, but in terms of the, uh, that everybody looks forward to seeing and is excited to see what, what wonderful uh, tear-jerking kind of uh, mm-hmm. emotional connection they've made that year. But as you said, I think in storytelling in B2B, is one misunderstood and secondly spoken about a lot with a lack of action behind it. And it is hard, I think, in B2B to find relevant examples because when clients or, or customers say to us, well, show me a company that's really nailed it from a b2b perspective mm-hmm. there are they are out there but it's not particularly uh, front of mind potentially i think it's one of the ones where it's, it's quite easy to <clears throat> have a glance at the concept see how it's being used in b2c mm-hmm. and go we're b2b we're technical our audience won't like that our audience won't get that and kind of switch off there and i think you see the same sort of thing with without going too deep into this with the likes of e-commerce mm-hmm. Um, but bring, keeping on that storytelling example, I just think it's one of the ones where if we actually start to look at what the businesses are doing, look at who their audience are, look at how they're trying to communicate and what they're trying to communicate, they'd probably find that there's actually a lot more space for it to fit than they realize. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be something that's looked at with a little bit more consideration, a little bit more of a, of a imagination, I suppose. And do you think that links through <coughs> to 
because ultimately in the B2B space at the minute, people will talk about B2B to C and kind of pull through or look through marketing or um, the age old one, which I personally detest, but human to human. <laughs> um, but I guess that's actually what we're saying here, isn't it? It's creating yeah. that connection with the individual. And ultimately, even if you are a B2B organization, we're seeing it with our clients when they're looking at their own brand, personality, tone of voice, archetype that they align themselves with. It's much more a look through these days mm -hmm. towards who the end user is, or a look back up the value chain potentially to yeah. who who their suppliers are and what their brand looks like and what kind of proposition yeah. they pull through. Well, hundred percent. And and like you, I kind of don't really like extra terms being thrown <laughs> at things. They're human to human. <laughs> uh, what is true is that everybody we're trying to communicate to is currently mm -hmm. human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Therefore, so uh, you know, we're all consumers. We all we all have emotions, and we shouldn't treat each other like we don't have them. So <laughs> that's, that's a broad statement. Everybody yeah. has emotions, yeah. but, but it's one hundred percent true. Yeah. So when we're when we're trying to communicate to people, let's treat everybody like another person and, mm -hmm. and think about what would what can help bring something to life. And I think one of the big parts of this is it's and there's definitely countless uh, studies that, that emphasize this because I've read them. Uh, but there's um, there's something about creating an emotional response mm -hmm. that will make you more memorable than not having an emotional response. Yep. So if we have uh, an advert that shares information. I'm going to say advert here, let's keep it B2B, so let's say it's a LinkedIn advert, and it's sharing information about you know, technical specifics of a product, that might hit me at the right time. I might remember it, but what it's not doing is creating that lasting memory. It, mm -hmm. It's probably going to work well if I'm looking for something in that vein at the time, but if we're talking about trying to get my brand remembered and, mm -hmm. and recognized so that when I do have a buying need in, in six, 12 months' time or, or years down the line, I'm more likely to remember this a company that's helped create an emotional connection with me. And one of the key ways that you can you can do that is by telling your story. We are all people that love stories. Great, yeah. Well, I guess that ties back to taking a step back from storytelling momentarily, but the wider picture is to tee things up about cutting through the noise because the, the, you know, you'll see in the knowledge there's various quotes and statistics that back in the 80s, people were exposed to kind of 2,000 brand exposures per day. Um, and when this was written, we were talking around 10,000 brand exposures a day from everything from everything you interact with, see, touch, feel on a daily basis. So the need to stand out from the crowd and the need to do things differently, st storytelling executed well in B2B certainly could be kind of that, that hot knife that could cut through things very easily because mm -hmm. not many people are getting it right yet, um, is what I would say. So in terms of the ability to cut through that noise and also linked to that deliver more of a customer-centric omni-channel. These are all phrases you'll hear banded around all the time, particularly marketing at the minute, but they are relevant here, I think, mm -hmm. where you've got to create that consistent experience across all platforms, all engagements, and all touch points. Um, is that another barrier to it at the minute, do you think? Because an advert, an advert on the TV in the B2C world, striking that connection is great, whereas in B2B, there's a lot of different avenues where you can be found and consistently creating that emotional feel or consistent customer experience i think that's hard in b2b i mean i i can't say for certain i wonder if it could be easier from the point of view of yeah. we can be very targeted with who we're trying to reach in many ways mm -hmm. whereas in b2c we are much more in general shouting towards you know the right demographic but we don't know specifically who's who's watching a tv at a certain time whereas you know, within B2B, we can target somebody that we know has been researching a particular topic online. We can target them based on the type of company they work at, mm -hmm. based on their job role, how long they've been in that job, based on their education level. 
um, of, of the type of degrees they might have, whatever whatever might be needed, that mean that we can actually be really specific with who we're reaching in many cases. Yeah. So if we want to get a particular video or, or creative concept or whatever it might be in front of somebody, I think there's probably better scope for doing that mm -hmm. in B2B. We just need to have the vision to embrace it. And in terms of this mm. emotional need, I can hear kind of my <coughs> father and my father's father uh, in, <laughs> in, in my ears here, what kind of echoing there's not a need for emotion, emotions, this, that, and the other. Do you think this is linked also to the new generations coming through of the, the modern B2B buyer, the millennials, the Gen Zs, who, who I think it's fair to say are, are more emotive? <laughs> to some extent, but when we say emotions as well, we don't necessarily mean that an advert has to move you to tears like mm -hmm. the, the, you know, some of the Christmas adverts yep. of recent years yep. have done with some people. Sure. It, uh, you know, there are lots of different kinds of emotional connection and you know, making somebody smile or making somebody laugh mm -hmm. is just as, as valid. And I mean, I don't think anybody can deny that everybody loves to laugh. Mm -hmm. So that can be a valid route. So even if somebody believes that their audience is going to be quite cold and quite, quite uh, turned off to being emotional, um, again, that's probably not true. And I think we've seen there's an example within the knowledge issue. That, so there's a video of this. So I won't try and describe it because I'll just <laughs> ruin the video. But there was an example within our latest knowledge issue of an Adobe marketing campaign. Mm -hmm. Uh, for their for their creative cloud, I think it was, um, which is just quite a funny parody type commercial. But again, it just it just means that you've got a bit of a, an additional cr uh, connection to that brand if you've liked that video because yeah, it's entertained you and it, it's showed you something. But that's it, but it different. takes people to be a bit braver, doesn't it? I think because Adobe, okay, they've got quite a cool brand. They're associated with creatives and that kind of suite of services, mm -hmm. so they can afford to be a bit cheekier and a bit. Um, a bit more amusing and a bit more humor built into it for sure i think with a lot of the b2b organizations we work with i'm not saying they shouldn't but i think there's that kind of c-suite or barriers mm -hmm. or or classic traditional b2b marketers or, or b2b business folk mm -hmm. who maybe are more reluctant to to put their head up and try yeah. things and do it a bit differently and they want to stick with that white paper that they've always done yeah and i guess it really depends on the company and it I'm sure it won't work for every company mm -hmm. either because of their industry or because they're not ready for it or because their audience that wouldn't in, uh, enjoy it potentially. Yeah. But um, again, I just say that people need to really think about it and, and weigh it up properly. So the example that we were talking about before was we work with a lot of nutrition clients. Yeah. And when we're talking about things like early life nutrition, yes, it might be a very scientific and heavy subject from, from their point of view. Mm -hmm. But the, the whole concept of early life nutrition is conjuring images of, of child development mm -hmm. and even fetus development and things like that, yeah. that I think would be ripe for, for sharing in a much more emotive uh, way to help build that connection. Yeah. And I think relevant to what you referenced earlier in the sense of, you know, when people, when people talk about emotion, or certainly for me anyway, you do think about being brought to tears by something. I don't, that, that's maybe my, my instant emotion that I go to. But th there's simple and effective ways to do that, which ties back to various other aspects that are in the knowledge again. But I guess one of them, that maybe isn't signposted as much, but we speak about it a lot about speaking about the problems you solve, not just the products that you offer. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that can be a good starting point for B2B marketers of mm -hmm. thinking on that basis. So rather than talking product stats and very inside out, speaking about you, your products, your services, speak about the problems they solve yeah. for the end user. And that, that in itself can be a really interesting insight yeah. into the, the, the start of telling the story. Within that, just breaking that down, you're thinking about the frustration someone's mm -hmm. currently feeling is the emotion, yep. and then the the solution, which gives them relief from that, yep. and helping to build almost a common ground there because you, as a company, are communicating to them 
about things that they understand. Yeah, and it feels more personalized to them, particularly if you're more targeted in the, the efforts of how you amplify whatever, whatever piece of content or, or marketing collateral it is. But I think that personalized aspect, you feel like you're speaking to that individual user or clearly you're speaking to a pool of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but instantly that moves you further along the storytelling journey than talking about spec sheets and, and white, yeah. white and the, technical white papers, which still have a place. Yeah, as we talked about before, they still have a place. If we think about that, uh, just using the example of the purchase funnel, there are people that are completely not aware that your company exists. Yeah. And that might be where it's better to think about things that can cut through the noise and can make them remember you when they do come to make a buying decision. Mm-hmm. People that are further down that, that funnel and are already aware of you, are already actively looking for a solution, they do need the details. Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily going to get won over by the details if they're too high up in that process. Yeah, okay. And then another aspect which I think most marketers have referenced now because he's almost seen as a, a god of marketing, obviously Simon Sinek, but in the sense of his concept of the golden circle or the, 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 the why, as most people have heard it. So the quote being people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. Um, is quite prevalent across most marketers. And it's a nice concept. And it's certainly something that comes up again with, with branding. Although in my experience, it's hit with some resistance quite often because when you say what's your purpose beyond profit, at a C-suite level, quite often that can almost be a comical suggestion that mm. clearly everybody's in business f- to make a profit. And I, I, I don't think there's any harm in accepting that either alongside it, but I think it's just an interesting point that it's seen as a bit of a marketeer's mm. fluffy, lovely idealist thing. But again, is it the younger generations that are driving this kind of purpose-driven, they want to understand what's behind a business beyond just, just selling more shoes, selling more uh, products, formulations, whatever it may be? It's, it's Possibly, possibly that is a newer concept, but there are lots of examples um, dating back at least decades Mm -hmm. that show that some companies were founded with purpose. And obviously part of a reason to have a company is to make money and to make money for your employees. And as an an owner or founder of a company, you want to make money for yourself. But that doesn't mean that's the reason that you exist or the only reason you exist. Mm -hmm. Presumably you hit on your core concept because of, of whatever your company is, because you noticed a need or a challenge within the marketplace that you believed you could make better for people. So using one example, uh, I don't know their internal tagline, but the example of Walmart, mm-hmm. where they wanted everything to be affordable for everyone, effectively. Yep. Yep. Um, and that was one of their, their core beliefs that's always driven them to be, um, to be who they are, to, to offer you know, that great uh, buying experience for, I guess, the American people. And I think, I think that's where you hear a lot of brand consultants, management consultants, encouraging uh, founders, business owners, C-suites to revisit why mm-hmm. the company started. So yeah. I think it's a really good point in the sense of going back to why, why did you bother? Because running a company, uh, driving a company, it's hard, it's stressful, so why do you do it? And when you actually, I think maybe the, even for myself coming up as a more junior team member through organizations, you do just think people are chasing, are chasing pound notes, but mm-hmm. it, you're really not. Like yeah. it, it's more about the, the, the opportunities you can offer for people um, and um, the, the problems you, can, you mm-hmm. can overcome or the ways you can make the world a better place for people yeah. to, to live in. And I think there's a good chance that's not always been thought out mm-hmm. um, in, in detail or maybe it's not always been communicated depending on the side of the organization. It might be something that's in the founder's head and maybe hasn't been passed on to the rest of the team as an ethos yeah. uh, to live by, but that doesn't mean it, it isn't there somewhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, yeah, I think the... I think the the need to articulate it and kind of document it and explain it is more prevalent these days. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's always, it's always been there, potentially yeah. in the background or in the business plans or in the books or in the goals or the visions. Um, but I think I think tied into, we can go off track here, but tied into kind of your employee value proposition of how you explain to your team what your vision, your mission, and your values are. Mm-hmm. 
again, as you become more senior in your career, progress, they become more important, I think. Yeah. And the bigger your team gets, the more important it is to try and get people to come on that journey with you, which ultimately is storytelling. It's telling a story of why you set it up, yeah. why you do what you do, why do you do things the way you do them, uh, and, and so on. And you need to do that. You need the, the team to be on board with it because as a company owner, you can't be everywhere at once. Mm -hmm. You need other people to be, to be pushing that vision as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess in terms of more practical aspects around storytelling, which... Um, telling your story in the different kind of themes and plot types and so mm -hmm. on because this is, goes into a lot of detail within um within the knowledge edition itself so i'm not proposing we go through all seven plot types mm -hmm. but um do you want to pick a plot type ollie and put you on the spot and give us an overview of kind of one that you either connect with it could be a b2c example or any kind of just a talk through because i'm conscious you say something like storytelling and people go okay well, where do we, what, what, what does that mean yeah okay let me have a, have a quick look on our, our page now and i'll select one out uh, I'll pick number one, actually. Why not? It's, quite, it's quite an easy one, I think, to, to imagine, and that's overcoming the monster. So the example we give is of War of the Worlds. Obviously, if, if anybody's not familiar with the plot, aliens invade. Mm -hmm. Humans naturally want to survive. Mm -hmm. So if we think about the concept of overcoming the monster and challenging the vision, think about any smaller company, challenging company or startup company mm -hmm. that's trying to dislodge mm -hmm. uh, an incumbent market leader either because they've got a, a new approach, a better service, a better experience, or a better product that can, can really help, uh, help shape things up. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an example where you could easily see that, that mold of story um, used to help, to help, yeah, help you uh, position yourself within the, uh, within the marketplace. Mm -hmm. mm. I'll go for the quest, Star Wars. You can tell John Halliwell's been near this one. Um, but in the sense of, yeah, I guess the quest, I think you see that quite a lot in B2B because I think it's quite an obvious link for people at the minute in terms of when, when businesses are talking about improving the world, making the world better, making the world more uh, enjoyable, making the world, enhancing the world. And you see this a lot in brand propositions at the minute, which is almost leading to a lack of differentiation. But arguably, that I guess that's the quest that they're on and links to the vision of their business again. Mm -hmm. um, so I've seen that reference quite a few times. And all the other examples are all listed in, in, in the uh, addition of the knowledge so that people can work their way through mm -hmm. to bring that to life with some practical examples. Unfortunately, not always B2B related because mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not that easy to find, as we say. But I think as, it, as we were talking about earlier, if you, if you look at the examples, Obviously, these are all relating back to, to real stories that you'll all know as a classic stories, but then try and think about them in the context of, of a business or in a company, whether that's B2C or B2B, and you will see that there are applications where they, they could be used. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I, mean, I think that's it for me, really. Have you got anything else you want to throw into this, this week, Ollie? Um, I think the only thing, I, I guess, connecting to this is that we talked about our new edition of the knowledge mm -hmm. is, as you briefly mentioned, it's it's gone more digital mm -hmm. gone from it being a pdf that you downloaded yep. um, and being quite a static experience to being something that we hope is more engaging and enjoyable for you to use mm -hmm. and that's coming back to while it's not storytelling specifically it's coming back to trying to create something that yeah is, is creating that bit more of an emotional response in that yeah it should hopefully be ex a bit more exciting a bit more uh, joyful mm -hmm. I think exactly that and I think that's just a different way to cut through the noise again showing something di different in the, the digital experience that you can offer your customers as well um, so uh, conscious we've touched on a lot of different topics there we've gone around the houses on that one in terms of wh why would you start with storytelling through to customer centricity uh, the marketing mix digital transformation in terms of where, where it sits in that marketing mix and different plot types I really would encourage you to read this in terms of the, the knowledge edition because I think it's a really interesting one that's applicable to any business um, which is why it's so much so relevant and why we've repurposed it for our first 
um, kind of knowledge 2.0, as I'll call it here. Um, if you've got any questions, as always, feel free to get in touch with us. Um, and um, hopefully we can continue telling stories together for many years to come. Uh, we'll be back next week on B2B Nav. Uh, in the meantime, have, have a great week. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.